welcome to episode 150 of Friends in Film. We're here to bring the latest movie news and review the biggest new release, which this week is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. As I am host, Cooper, and this week I'm joined by Josh Straley. 150? Yeah. I didn't even know that. It's it's a milestone, kind of. It, it is. It's halfway to 200. It's halfway to 300. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> but we're... Um, we're very close to 200. We're half. Well, no, yeah, we're half. We're halfway we're to 200. Set, we're 75 percent of the way there. We start at 100. We're halfway to 200. Okay. Yes. I think that's what I meant. To okay. Say. <laughs> but it doesn't feel like that. I feel like we did the 100th episode like a year ago. Yeah. Which was actually exactly yep, a year ago. We're like because uh, that's how we've been doing well, this for two years. The 100th episode. I think so. Right. Yeah. I mean, it would have been. Uh, 100th a, review. It would have been a little bit, like two weeks from now or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because we're like four, five, or maybe even six weeks away from the three-year mark. It'll be like episode 156 is what it will officially be. Yes, because that's how years <laughs> that work, is and we 50, record weekly. There are 52 weeks. That's that how, how the calendar goes. <laughs> we figured it out <laughs> <laughs> all these years. Um, uh, but if you are looking for... Um, other other episodes and what we're up to mm-hmm. you can find out what all the latest news that we're following on twitter at friends and film and you can find those 149 other episodes reviews and big questions um on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher soundcloud and spotify but if you can on apple podcasts please review us and rate us which will ultimately help rank us and then we can find more friends of the show Exactly, and even though this is episode 150 of the main show, as you mentioned, we have The Big Question, which does its own thing on Wednesdays, uh, but we've also done specials, uh, retro reviews, all these other different kind of offshoot things before. I think this episode, that when, when it drops, it'll be our 213th posting. Oh, snap. So uh, we are up there, giving you guys a lot of content over the years, and hope you guys are enjoying it, and we'll continue to enjoy it, um, as maybe we did or did not enjoy Fantastic Beasts Crimes of Grindelwald. Before we get into our review, though, um, Josh, did you watch anything else this week? Oh my gosh. I did not watch a single other movie this week. It was just all Grindelwald. It was just all Grindelwald. I, and I'm just now realizing this. Um... <laughs> Uh, I watched an episode of The Good Place, but oh, that's not film. The, well, I'm so sorry. It's okay. The Good Place is great, though. It is yeah. great television. And the new season is fantastic. Is fantastic. If you're um, not watching, absolutely tune in. Thursday nights, Thursday nights on NBC. On NBC. Not a plug. <laughs> boom, <laughs> Unless you want boom, it to be NBC. We are, NBC we, are, we are willing. Yes, please. We'll promote The Good Place podcast, too. <laughs> exactly. Did they have one of those? I, I did didn't not. know they had one of those. We'll How about you, though? Please. You're more, so much more exciting than me. Uh, am I? I don't know. Did you watch anything else this week? I, did. I know you did. I did. I w- I've been on a Rocky uh, franchise rewatch, but there instead of talking about those, because um, I mean, there's ups and downs to that franchise. I also checked out Widows <gasps> this past week. Yes. Thought it was very good. Mm-hmm. Not as stellar as maybe I was hoping it would be, um, but f- from performances across the board are great, but it's there's... Not as much focus on the actual heist as I was kind of expecting. There, There is certainly a majority of the movie that is dedicated to mm-hmm. Viola Davis, Cynthia Irvio, Michelle Rodriguez, and Elizabeth Debicki pulling off this heist. Um, but there's also a pretty good part of this movie that focuses on Colin Farrell and his run against uh, Brian Tyree Henry to become the next... Um, 
they're like running for office in Chicago. And okay. like, it's like, but so there's like a lot of time spent to like their political race. And I wasn't really interested in that part of the movie like at all. So, <laughs> so it kind of detracted from the overall experience. Liam Neeson is alive for like more than half the movie. I cannot comment. Okay, it's part of the movie. It. All it right, is. all right, all right. Uh, but just tell me about um, Daniel Kaluuya and Daniel Kaluuya is uh, very intense. He's great at just staring at you, Ooh. making you feel uncomfortable. There's like, a scene where he just like is staring at Colin Farrell's um, like secretary girl, and she just like is, looks back at him, and then she just like looks away because it's just mm. like it's just uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, was there somebody else? Tyree Henry too. Oh, Tyree yeah. Henry, he's great. Um, but yeah, I just wish maybe their roles were a little more interesting. Sure. Um, or maybe just weren't in the movie okay. <laughs> as much at all, so I could just focus it on these four females pulling off this heist instead mm-hmm. of like jumping back and forth to something that I wasn't as invested in okay. uh, from the story standpoint. But, uh, you know, we both also saw Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald this week. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I will say, at least <laughs> I think I can speak for both of us on this. Um, if you read my review on friendsoffilm.wordpress.com or at least even just gazed at the headline, uh, <laughs> you saw that it is subtitled A Magically Lacking Sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, you have to throw the magic pun in there in some ways. So if it was good, it's a magical sequel. But this one, it is not very good. Uh, the it, it seems like such a strange actual sequel to Fantastic Beasts and more of a direct prequel to the Harry Potter lore, um, which is not something I was necessarily interested in seeing from this franchise. If you want to do that, fine. Do it in its own different thing. But I liked Fantastic Beasts enough where I liked Newt. I liked Tina. I liked Queenie. I liked Jacob. And I wanted to see those four back together again doing some weird adventure that's not what this movie is they're all pretty much split up throughout the entirety of this movie Mm -hmm. um there's not a lot of real focus on really anything in particular there's so there's just so many different cast members so many different storylines um the action is okay especially in the the third act is probably where it's at its best there's some good action all of these various storylines actually come together to try to become a cohesive ending but like that is the highlight of the movie and that is sad to say because even if it's the hot reach, uh, it is it is a mediocre ending to a absolutely just it is a subpar <laughs> sequel um, that. Yeah, like I said, it's magically lacking. I think the cast is fine, but nobody really I mean, watched the movie or reread the script that she wrote for the previous movie because some of the character choices don't make any sense. This movie and the direction it appeared to going could work in this franchise if this was like the third movie in the five film arc instead of movie two like i think this would have maybe worked better as all right before we get into a lot more of grindelwald a lot more credence a lot more of uh dumbledore and how all these characters tie into the larger harry potter mythos Mm -hmm. give me more of newt and those characters together doing something on their own setting up kind of the different uh character relationships that are present in this movie so that way I'm invested in them. And then when they make certain decisions in this movie, it actually makes sense instead of forcing that into like the first 20 minutes of the movie and then focus, then like diverging from that completely to focus on what I think this franchise really wants to become and just be, Oh, well here's Harry Potter references that you guys all know and love. Mm-hmm. We're big friends of the franchise. I have, as I said before, I've only now seen all of these movies for the first time this year. So I'm not as invested in the larger canon and maybe seeing how all this stuff connects. So um, it was a pretty lackluster um, event for me to go see. Um, I'm going to give it two ticket stubs out of five. And then we can uh, talk about all the uh, 
crazy twists and turns this movie takes in spoilers. Yeah, that I mean, you you really you kind of covered it all there for uh, for me too um, in a lot of ways. I mean, I could go off and rip off of like puns about like because it was Dumbledore or something like that, <laughs> you know. And but it it really was, and I've never seen someone. I, I just I've never seen a movie. Just this sad, this slow, and this boring. That's supposed to be a hundred and fifty million dollars. Supposed to be a magical franchise. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like she jettisoned everything that Harry Potter was. Because I listen, I'm not, I would not call myself a fan of that franchise. I've seen them, mm. I've enjoyed them, and but I moved on. Okay. Um, but they're whimsical and funny and cute in a lot of places. Fantastic Beasts was that too. Mm-hmm. Um, very much so. Like my favorite parts were just Eddie Redmayne running around catching monsters. Right. Like, and then and they're, they're, they're the goofy, most absurd parts, and I'm all about it. But she just takes the dark side of that movie and spreads it out across this whole thing. And by the end, of, by the end of it, I was literally standing at the edge of the theater, like ready to go as the final moment <laughs> happened. And I just rolled my eyes as this big reveal goes down. And I'm like, yeah, sounds about right. I have no idea what any of it <laughs> means, but okay, sure. Why not? And yeah, like you said, like p- part of the fun of the first was a group dynamic gone. Um, I did totally appreciate though. Uh, Newt's brother being in the movie, whose name I don't remember. Callum. Uh, Callum right? Turner is yes. the actor. I think his name is Theseus. Yes. Theseus. Cause it was like, the, yeah, the, the ship. Okay. Yeah. Like the ship. Um, I dug him. I thought he was like cool and interesting, uh, but we don't really learn anything. Right. He's he's a uh, subject, or he's uh, he does not benefit from the large cast because there's a mention of him in the first movie, but then mm-hmm. you get him here and you just get an, you learn nothing about him, as you said. Yeah, and then you know, um, Zoe Kravitz's character, Lettler Strange, who got built up a lot the last film. I'm like, all right, can't wait to see how this plays. Doesn't there's barely anything between her and Newt for most of the movie. Yeah. And then things happen. Um, <laughs> of course, I uh, will say Dan Fogel um, is Jacob still probably the part that made me smile the most. Um, he gets to be cute a ton, but he's mm-hmm. also got his own drama going, which takes up a whole part of the story. Grindelwald and it's, this movie is more interested in setting up the lore of the franchise. It's dark. It's gr- gloomy. Um, and it makes some terrible choices with its characters that, unless you're an avid diehard fan, I don't think you can appreciate or have fun with. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give it a ticket and a half. Okay. 1.5 ticket stubs. Yes. Just not good. Not, not, no. I, I, can, I completely agree with you, obviously. Um, let's move into spoilers Please. so we can talk about the craziness that ensues. Um I don't know where you would like to start, but for me, I would love to start with Queenie mm-hmm. and how uh, yeah. she, it feels like she is in a completely different movie because we learn nothing about her in the, from the start of this movie. She has hypnotized Jacob, or not hypnotized, she's cast a love spell on him or whatever yeah. so that he has he's in love with her so they can go get married, but he doesn't want to get married and they like just like brush off the fact that like his memory was supposed to have been wiped, but then like, oh, but he... It only erases the good memory. It only erases the bad memories. And all my memories were good. That's how I remember her. We've been together ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, even though this movie takes place like six months to a year after the fact. Yep. And 
it starts off there in love and then he like just says you know he does he like comes close to saying that she's a little crazy because she cast the spell and that like sends her off on this other path she gets like pulled into grindelwald's gang and then Mm -hmm. she just like turns completely evil by the end and i'm just like what yeah what are they doing like that was like that relationship i know it, it 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 was one of the highlights for me of the first movie, Queenie and Jacob. But for a lot of people, even if they didn't like that first movie, they loved Queenie and Jacob together. And yeah. so it just seems so out of left field that in the second movie, without getting to really see how they've grown together, they're instantly split up. And then the next time they see each other, they're torn apart again for what should be permanently because now that she's joined up with the bad guys mm-hmm. and it just doesn't make any sense to me yeah like this like yeah i mean the best way to describe this movie is terrible black panther okay okay, okay. if you think of grindelwald as this guy who's trying to lead the um, magicians the mages uh the non-muggle people what do you call them yeah, the, magicians, the yeah magic people whatever yeah wizards with the wizards people yeah and against the muggles or non-mages um, uh-huh. or whatever they're calling them and he's sort of like we have the power we need to rise up and take them out and she's like okay well if i go with him we can break down all the rules and we can get married So like that part i got but just grindelwald is not a charismatic leader in the slightest or anything like that and that part of the story that she gets like wrapped up in is just sort of like yeah, but if you just push this queenie, you know, you're smarter than this. We know yeah. you're smarter than this. It's going to all fall flat. And by the time we get to this, you know, his big unveil of look what the humans will do in 20 years. And then it's like, oh, but he's also trying to stop World War Two. Yeah. It's just like all of these things are like, oh, I get it. You're trying to make trying to make Johnny Depp, someone who's non-sympathetic and you're trying to make Grindelwald the sympathetic character yeah. in all of this. And that, that that's where it really just goes off the tracks because mm-hmm. i mean i think there's uh an allusion to like holocaust it's, yep. just, it's so bad it yeah it's not, it's not done very well and i mean just like even like somebody like tina uh played by uh um, catherine watterson, catherine watterson um, who, 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 who was watterson. great in the first movie i just rewatched mm-hmm. alien covenant even though i don't love that movie she is really she's a really good lead for that movie and in this movie she just really has like nothing to do it's like you could probably cut her out and it doesn't really change anything other than like Newt's motivation to go to Paris because she's also looking for Credence. Yeah. And that's like the whole plot of the movie is where's Credence, who is Credence, all this stuff. But it's just like mm-hmm. all these characters get lost in the subplot to the larger plot. And it's just really frustrating to see how quickly this franchise lost sight of what it started on, started up being. And that I mean that was my concern initially when we were talking about this um, through the casting process and oh Dumbledore's on the way and it's like what Dumbledore like what does he have to do with you know Newt's commander mm-hmm. uh, apparently he was the reason that Newt went to New York in the first place um, yeah it's it just like it it seems like they're just so dead set on oh well how can we get as many connections like let's get Professor McDonagall or whatever her name is um, she's gonna be in there even though apparently it breaks the canon because she wouldn't even be old enough to be a teacher at that point or something um, from what I've seen discussions of online. Um, it just seems like they're, they're disregarding anything that they can to still make it work. And I, I said like my initial reaction to seeing this movie um, was not, there's like no fantastic beasts and I don't know what the crime <laughs> yeah. Grindelwald committed was. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't make really a lick of sense at all. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, 
And then like, yeah, it's just, well, you know, I, I had sold, I think I had sold myself on a different series. Mm-hmm. And then now that I see that it's gone this way, I think that's what makes me most upset. Like, I think I told, I think I expressed to everyone in that, at the end of that first one, we turned into some kind of random side path mm-hmm. with the Grindelwald reveal um, at the end. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I kind of thought this would be like a, a road trip across America showing us all new stuff yeah. about the world. And no, we just get Paris. And the only thing we get in Paris is this magical circus type yeah. place, you know, really. And that and that's it. And, there, I mean, and then everything else is just like, oh, we're, we ran out of ideas. So let's just go take what we know about Potter lore mm-hmm. and jam it in here, like you said, regardless of what it messes up, which is fine. You can rewrite canon or do whatever you want. It's J.K. Rowling's writing. She can do what she wants. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you're beating us over the head with just facts rather than showing us mm-hmm. anything. And that's where it's just like, this is really tedious and could have benefited from. I mean, the movie's like 40 minutes too long. It's like 2.13, 2.14? Yeah. You want it to be an hour and a half? I would have liked to have been out of there in 90 minutes. Well, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would have been so much better to have this not that this movie itself should have been split into two parts but that like there should have been another movie setting up where this movie is going to go yeah so that way like they could show queenie and jacob still together still happy but then show some of like how all right well maybe they're not as perfect together as they seemed initially you know like that initial honeymoon phase of their love is right. was wearing thin a little bit. Um, you can establish Tina's jealousy that, you know, she saw that Newt was, you know, engaged to uh, Lita Lestrange based on what the newspapers uh, incorrectly stated mm-hmm. and like develop all this stuff more. So that way when like they're, you know, they're, they're brought back together here or they're split apart, it makes you feel something yeah. instead of just being like, Oh, that's weird. Why'd they do that? <laughs> it sounds, you know how, um, I, I'm going to bring up a series, okay? Forgive me here, friends of the show and Potter fans. But like Marvel understands it's serialized and you know you have five movies mm-hmm. to tell this story. Um, who would I imagine you don't even have scripts completed for at this point? No, I mean, Rowling, I think she's, or not, I think she has said that she's already started working on the third one. Yeah. I mean, why rush it? You know why there's there's an anxiety there's like a panic that we need to jam it all in right mm-hmm. now and go 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 and you're at the, you're at the end of it and you're like there's like one or two like you said one or two cool things that I got to see here and then after that it's all exposition and set up for the new direction of the franchise and you're like why did we even learn about Newt Scamander in the first place yeah just go young Dumbledore mm-hmm. and make this way more compelling and interesting like like um I- and then then ring. Eddie Redmayne in. Sure. Then ring, um, you know, Tina in, mm-hmm. and all these things. Uh, it's, but we don't have that. We have just this mess of stories and threads that would, you know, it's going to take forever to clean up. It's going to take four more movies, to, or four, three more three movies more to movies, clean up. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to somebody um, internally at Screen and I was just saying that, like, you know, I think if WB thought they could re- realistically get away from it, get away with it, I should say, um, they would completely ditch Newt. Lita, or not, well, I guess they already did ditch Lita. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, Newt, Tina, Queenie, Jacob, they'd get rid of all these. They would just scrap the Fantastic Beast title and call it, like, Wizarding World, colon, whatever. And, mm-hmm. like, that's how this 
prequel franchise would progress because it isn't about the Fantastic Beasts. Like the beasts play a very small role in the movie. Like the Niffler is back and it's great. He's it's got some so cute. so it's got some great moments and you get a very small glimpse at the expanded briefcase that Newt carries around with all the various creatures. Like man, like what's that? What's that? It, I have no idea. We don't we don't get to know. We get to spend like two minutes in that place and then we move on to the as you mentioned like the dreary plot of whose credence Ezra Miller is just sad throughout the entire movie. Uh, just completely wasted. Yeah, and like, and, yeah, man. He's Ezra Miller. He can he contains multitudes. He can act and do all the roles you want. But if, I mean, if you're casting him, like, why would you cast that dude in the most abys- like you know the most abysmal and like you said sad role yeah. that you have? And it's just, yeah, it was just it was just like, oh man, poor Ezra Miller. He's so much more effervescent than this. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? 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 And you know. Um, not not cool, no. not, not cool in the slightest. I mean, we, um, and then you talked about Letta, um, yeah, just obliviated by the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, and you know, I was I, it's shocked. A, it was a sa- it was a sacrifice so that they could escape. But I was just like, that's what you were setting up for us. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I knew now. I know Tina and Newt are going to end up together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's lore. We all get it. But you don't have to, you know, reinforce it with. Yeah, you, right you would there. think there'd be like something else to it because like she is she like her picture is shown in the first movie mm-hmm. and like it lose like there's like a deep connection between the two of them and then we find out oh she's engaged to newt's brother that's got to be weird no i guess not like it does it's not really dealt with in the movie we get like a small flashback to uh, lita and newt at hogwarts together yep. um becoming friends but then like it seems like there's something else there but it's not explored and then she's just like killed off so quickly that's like oh Poor Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you deserve so much better. Right, exactly. You know, uh, yeah, that was just, that was the, it was the most, un, it was most infuriatingly unexplored part. Um, and I know they have three movies, so they can, you know, fight about it or whatever the case is. Um, yeah, but it seemed like her death, like, brings the brothers together, like, at the end. Like, they embrace, and he's like, I've chosen my side. I'm just like, stop. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, we talked about Credence. He is involved in the major twist of the movie that literally infuriated me. Not in what ultimately happened, mm-hmm. but the execution of the reveal. How it all lays out. It is just maddening the fact that this movie, right from the get-go almost, you know, starts with a, well, who's Credence? It's like, okay, like, who is he? Like, I you know I've read theories online that he was going to be a Lestrange and that that way he'd be related to Lita. And there's all, like, the talk of early in the movie that, like, well... If, um, I don't know what the thing is inside of him that like p- possesses him basically, like the, the ob- ob- yeah, something like that, yeah, it's obelisk or something, yeah. um, that that thing can be removed from him if there is, you know, a family member that can replace the love that he needs, basically, that that that, that thing inhabits him because he's so lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there is a fi- familiar connection that he can be, uh, that can be made, that thing can leave him and he can be cured basically um and it's like okay like oh so it's gonna be lita but then they just kind of keep hinting of well who is he oh we need to go here to find out who he is and it's like oh did you hear the rumor about who creatures is well no i didn't well cut don't get to see how that conversation ends well you know there's a popular theory out there but within the wizarding community about who he really is somebody just mention who he is please and it, it was just so so frustrating that when like as we're entering the third act of the movie 
uh, Theseus like turns to Leda and he was just like, you know, there's rumors out there that he's your brother. And I was like, well, obviously that's mm-hmm. not the, that's not the reveal right. because you're not, after all this buildup, you're not going to drop it there as a throwaway line of dialogue. Yeah. It's just like, so then like the execution of, Hey, is this like, who is this? Um, you know, it, you know, is like, did she actually kill him? I was like, obviously not. Mm-hmm. Like she's not, he's not actually Credence Lestrange or whatever, because it, you don't build up to this reveal and then just drop it like in a brief moment of dialogue. So it's right. like the buildup to it was just so frustrating. And then they're like trying to play it off. Like, Oh, we got you. We're, we're bringing you in. We're reeling mm-hmm. you in. This is it. This is where it's going to be real. Nope. Twist again. It's like, no, you never got me. I was just like waiting and waiting. And then I wait to the very end of the movie to figure out that he's a Dumbledore. Yeah. He's the un, he's the untold unheard of brother of, Dumbledore, unwritten about, never mentioned yeah. in all of Potter lore. A movie that's desperate to rake in all of the possible Potter Easter eggs. And they're like, oh, okay, well, here's something you've never even heard of before. And it's just like, why? Why after all this time? And that's when I was just, uh, when that went down, I was like, I cannot believe I'm here. I should have just <laughs> left and faked it or something. I don't know. I, I, well, I will see what happens, I guess. I'm um, an for the next movie yeah it makes it that far i mean i don't really will but i just don't i mean i don't understand the significance of it i know the grindelwald and dumbledore need some kind of uh go between like we know which was the entire premise for redmayne uh or newt Mm -hmm. to fight each other because of their blood oath but that seems to be oh we'll get to the blood oath too oh Oh, gosh which yeah which seems not be not the point anymore um by the end of this movie but yeah. Who's to know? The next one's to be called Blood Oath of Dumbledore. I, don't I, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I just think that the Cred- like Credence being Dumbledore's brother is an interesting idea that I'm not totally against, but it's just the fact that they built it up till the very last moment of the movie. That's where I was just like, no, like you, you didn't earn this major reveal to end your film. Like you, it sh- I should have known about this earlier and like had some repercussions instead of like, all right, we're, we're just like, we're just goading you. The whole, we're, we're milking this for all we have. Um, we're just going to string you along until the final moment where we can reveal his true identity so that way you guys can come back in two years from now and see Fantastic Beasts 3 to figure out what this actually means. Um, and, it, like, it just, like, yeah, like, it's not mentioned in previous canon. Like, I don't understand really how this fits in, what the significance will be other than, like, well, now there's a Dumbledore and a Grindelwald back together again. Like, does that mean anything? Or does it, does Dumbledore, does Albus Dumbledore even know that he, he has a brother that's out there and that it is Credence or is he totally oblivious to this fact? And that's going to be another reveal to him yeah. later because from what we gather, even though like Credence's identity is the, is the mystery to everybody throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He's the only Credence, Queenie and Grindelwald as far as we know, know that he is actually a Dumbledore. Yes. So, like, do we then have to go through Fantastic Beasts 3 where then it is revealed to the rest of the cast? <laughs> so two reveals. That it that he's Dumbledore. Or is this going to be something where it's like, oh, well, now it's been revealed to Credence and now it's, it's going to spread like wildfire and that when the third movie picks up, everybody knows about it and that's the driving force of the plot in the third movie? I do No, it's going to be World War II, probably. I don't know. Well, I mean, the movie, not the movie, the franchise has to end, I mean, assuming with the duel of Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Yes. So that's movie five. Movie four, it's got to be, 
I think that will probably be pretty credence heavy. And then I think the since you mentioned the blood oath, I think the blood oath would be the large part of three, which is another one of those um, plot points that I felt like this movie just so overly mysterious about. Mm-hmm. Where Dumbledore's like, oh, I, it can't be me, dude. It has to be you. It has to be you. And I was like, oh, like why? Yeah, tell me more, Jude Law. I believe you, but why? Yeah, Jude Law, like, you're barely in this movie, and though you're all over the marketing. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, why Why is news significant? Oh, he's not. You just couldn't do it, and for some reason you couldn't tell anybody that you had a blood oath with Grindelwald that you guys would never fight each other. Oh, but by the way, the Niffler is going to randomly select that piece of jewelry out of the entire uh, tombstone that they are fighting at the end of the movie. Right. To get that, so that way you guys can give it to Grindelwald, not knowing what it is, mm-hmm. and that way he can try to destroy it. It's just like, wh- why? Like, that blood oath was way too, like, mysterious. Gr- like, you're telling me, like, if Dumbledore was just like, hey, Newt, by the way, if you see Grindelwald and he's got this thing around his neck, it's our blood oath. Please take it from him so I can try to destroy it and that way I can actually fight him. Yeah. No, he doesn't say that. He's just like, oh, it can't be me. I can't do it. Why? Mm-hmm. Doesn't say. Yeah. And the magic of min- the Ministry of Magic comes to him and they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Dumbledore? Oh, I don't know. What I don't know. Doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm <laughs> it's just, Newt. I'm just He's teaching. It. Yeah. So. Uh, Jude Law was great as Dumbledore, though. Um, he was another kind of bright point, I will say. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I, like, but, I just what, thought he was going to be in it a lot more. Right. Um, but he'd better. I mean, they can't afford to pay his full salary for four movies. I mean, I feel like you have, like, you have to now. You, you can't. You can't get rid of Dumbledore now. No. Yeah, <laughs> like, he needs to star in the next three, though. Yeah, like Newt, his like Newt and his crew that are left surviving. They're now teamed up with Dumbledore at Hogwarts. They can't like split them apart, or like, they probably will. Um, but like, you can't split them apart and then not have Dumbledore around for the next couple movies just to bring him back in the fifth one to fight Grindelwald like he's yeah. he's got to be a major character mm-hmm. otherwise why introduce him in the first place or reintroduce him I guess yeah this it, it, everything is moving so slow but so fast at the right. same time and you know it feels it feels like um I, I actually texted you this to you when I during the movie um but it was like it feels like solo in a lot of ways where it just grabs everything and throws it at the wall that you know and hope it sticks mm-hmm. and, you sit, and it's like come on have some patience yeah. I mean, the whole point of movies today is to bleed us dry, you know, <laughs> film after film of your franchise. Uh, but I mean, so maybe we should be praising J.K. Rowling for that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Not knowing how to serialize her stuff. Who, who, who's to say? But it, it's not. A, I have, I'm, I'm out of things to say bad about this, but uh, I thought the score was lovely. The score, um, the score is fine. James Newton Howard, I believe, is the man who scored it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah, it's got a good score. Like the movie like looks good oh period like david yates he's a franchise vet at this point like he's a very talented director um it's been around the hollywood game for a long time like he knows how to get the job done from a visual perspective the action is fine even though like the opening sequence um a little little too dark uh where i can't really i couldn't really understand what was going on um and that was you could say the same about the entire plot of this movie (laughs) um like uh literally and figuratively like he's JK has already said like she's writing the third one. David Yates has said he's like committed to directing all five of these movies. So it doesn't seem we're going to get a significant change moving forward. The box office um, results early look like it's basically going to match the first movie. Um, so it's, there's not really any signs, you know, like the critical, like we weren't a fan of the movie and critics don't seem to be liking it either. Um, but audience are still going to see at least right now. We'll see how the, the, if it drops off in its second weekend and stuff, but 
I just wonder if WB is actually going to have to learn any lessons about this or if they're just going to see, oh, you know, it got a 40-something on Rotten Tomatoes. Who cares? We still are going to make $800 million worldwide, and mm-hmm. the third one's going to be out in a year and a half from now. So who cares anyways? Yeah. Um, I hope that's not the case. I hope they like take this like, okay, we need to figure this out. Like, what were the common criticisms? We need to address those and figure out a way to make this franchise work for what it was originally pitched as being, um, which maybe that's it's too far gone at this point. And if that's the case, then yeah, like just completely scrap the Fantastic Beast title, just completely rebranded and go forward in a new direction. And yeah. the direction you actually want to go down instead of like doing three fourths of a Harry Potter prequel. Then it's like, Oh, but by the way, since this is a Fantastic Beasts movie, here's new and Tina and Queenie and Jacob just because we have to. Yeah. It's like, no, if, if, if they're not important to the overall story that you're actually trying to tell, just ditch them and go on. It's, it's just a shame that we're not seeing anything new. I mean, we're, we're seeing something new, but we already knew this. Yeah. And that's why I thought, that's why the first one will, will be the best one of all of these, because it was a completely new setting, completely new characters, and fun with, you know, fantastic beasts. Yeah. And... A, a, a series I thought that was going to just explore the unknown regions, the Wild West. Mm-hmm. I really thought that's where we were going because he was going to let the Phoenix free in right. uh, Phoenix, or yeah. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Arizona. Arizona. It was something way too on the nose, I remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, The Crimes of Grindelwald is not good. Don't see it. I mean, yeah. see it if you like it. But I will say this, though, at the end. I have two people in my life that love Harry Potter a lot. One of them thought it was absolutely amazing. No faults whatsoever. Okay. Um, in an Instagram story post, and then I followed up, and they said the same things. And I thought they w- could understand some of the critiques, but loved it anyway. Okay. So. I mean, yeah, before we started recording, you were mentioning that, like, you didn't really understand what was happening, or, like, you felt like you did. You needed to have rewatched all the movies, been on Pottermore a lot more before the movie, you know, kicked off. Um, and there was a point, like, midway through the movie, I was like, like, is this movie just too inside baseball for Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Or like, is this how like some other people feel like watching a star Wars movie that aren't like as in depth in the lore or for me, like my first thought was like an MCU movie. Like, Oh, is this is somebody who's like going to feel like seeing like, uh, captain Marvel next year, not being like, Oh, who's that Ronin guy? Who's mm-hmm. it's like, maybe, but I also just think that Marvel tends to, even if they're known to some people, they'll re-explain or reintroduce elements that other casual audiences may not immediately pick up on. And I'm just like, oh, wait. So, wait, how did Grindelwald get from there to there? Like, wait, they cut his tongue out? Uh, who's this other guy? Uh, how does this work? They don't really explain. Grindelwald just keeps moving and moving and moving, even though, like, as you mentioned, like, it feels so slow as it's happening. But it's also like, wait, but what was that detail? I feel like that's important. Oh, what's that spell? Yeah. I have no idea. Like, there's, like, the, the mystery of credence and everything like that. Like, there's all these false flags of, like, oh, look here, look there. Yeah. And it's like, okay, uh, I don't know enough not to be, I know enough. <laughs> I know enough about how movies work, at least, to know that this is, like, so this is a trick. A, yeah. Or, you know, like, you're purposely sending me in the wrong direction here. But there's all these other things being, you know, going on. And I'm like, but that sounded way more important. Can we go back to that? Right. And they're like, no, nope, we're going over here. Yeah, now. it's Sorry. like it's like that that old guy who shows up at the end, like Nicol Nicholas Flamel or something. I don't know what his name is. Um, but it's like, oh, I feel like he's like a big deal because like when he was shown in the trailers, I know a lot of Harry Potter fans freaked out about it. But I was just like, he. All I know is he's really old, 
and it's like possibly immortal i think is what he said was just like is he significant to the lore i have no idea then he just like shows up at the end and he's like help me do this force field it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna say no thanks old man and that that that's it that that, that is all he did and just like i mean i don't know like maybe it is too inside baseball but i also just i don't know i just don't think it's also just a very well put together movie so um that's i think all of our thoughts on fantastic beast the crimes of grindelwald i don't i think it's safe to say neither of us are super excited that we have to see three more of these or not have to but that three more of these are coming yeah um at some point in the future if you to end this if you were a wb exact david yates rowling whoever Mm -hmm. is there any conversation about shortening this down to heck four movies just Mm -hmm. eliminate the fifth one and just do two more or trying to wrap this all up in the third one? No. Or they're like, nope, still do the additional three because we want all the money. I mean, JK's got a track contract for five movies. She's going to write them. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, log. Good for her. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, no, you're not going to scale back. You just keep going. You find new avenues. Um, Blood Oath, like you said, it's going to be the big thing on the next one. Whatever's after that and whatever's after that. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming we're just going to keep getting more and more Harry Potter characters that people know from before. I think uh, what's the what's the big giant guy? Um, Hagrid. Hagrid. Yeah, like I would uh, love to see that dude back. Uh, I don't even know the character's name. The actor's <laughs> name. Yeah, I know that uh, Eddie Redmayne had said like in an interview promoting the movie that he wants to see Hagrid in the next one. I'm like, I can totally see that happening. That it looks like they're going to be at, Ho- at Hogwarts a lot. Like I like I don't oh, know how this train. thing how this you know giant being if they age slower or whatever but it's magic so like you can fudge the rules however you want and right it's just like there's going to be i feel like just more and more and more connections to the overall harry potter franchise i wouldn't be surprised if we see harry potter's parents at some point in this in this new prequel franchise yeah. um heck maybe in the next movie i have no idea but it's, that just seems the path we're going and then we'll be like oh yeah remember when like Tina and Newt were like the main characters of this. Yeah. Now they're like yeah, five minutes of screen time. <laughs> Good times. Oh man. I will say this though, but then I'll be done with my stuff. Okay. I will commit myself to rewatching the Harry Potter films over this next year or so. And then revisit Fantastic Beats and Fantastic Beasts 2. Um, and just see if that helps. But no no promises. No, I mean, um, whether as, I'll be nicer to it at the end. Maybe I'll move it to a two. <laughs> I mean, as someone who literally like has watched them all within the last like six months, mm-hmm. marathon ish type. I don't think I don't think it'll do anything. So right. uh, that is all of our thoughts on Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Again, we are not very big fans of it, but maybe you will be. And if you are, we would love to know that. Uh, you guys can always send us your thoughts on our reviews at Friends and Film on Twitter, um, and just let us know why you guys think this movie was better than we are maybe you'll bring up some points we did not think of before and help sway our opinions more on the positive side so uh join the conversation on twitter but that is all we have for our review section we'll be right back in a bit with the news
Andrew back with the news, and as always, we'll start with our three main news topics this week uh, with an exciting potential update on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. No, James Gunn is not back to direct. <laughs> no, the movie is not no longer on indefinite hold, uh, but we may now know who may actually direct the movie, potentially. Yeah, he's going to pick up the phone. Yeah, maybe. If it's on hold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, Who we got? (laughs) Uh, Well, according to the Diz Insider, uh, they have heard from multiple sources that uh, Bumblebee director and Kubo and Two Strings director Travis Knight is one of the people Marvel's looking at to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Ooh. So uh, this, I think, is pretty exciting news. It's great news. This is awesome news. Friends of the pod with the Disney Insider with the scoop here. That's right. They're friends of the pod. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Officially? I don't know if... Maybe not. I don't know if... I've never spoken to them. I know their names. I play fantasy football with Skyler, who runs the website. Skyler. So, so yeah. Great scoop, man. (laughs) Well, I guess he was part of the scoop. The author's name escapes me, but... Okay. Yes. He corroborates it. It's on his site. there. Uh, Yeah, the Disney Insiders. Great guys. I haven't seen Bumblebee yet. <laughs> Have you seen Kubo? I've seen half of Kubo. Okay. And it's good. I haven't seen Bumblebee yet, though, but it looks really good. Mm-hmm. It looks fun, and it looks like it's like going to make everyone, every Transformers movie after it better because it was actually like really good. I don't know. I don't know about that. If okay. Any, we'll be if, like, I, if anything, I feel like I'll watch Bumblebee be amazed. And then go back, oh, like, I wonder how this compares to Michael Bay's 2007 movie and be like, oh, Bumblebee just like makes this look so, like, it's just so much, oh, so much better. Yeah, yes. Oh, it'll make it better. That, no, that, or, sorry, that, worse. It, that the Bay version is so much worse than yes, Bumblebee. Exactly. What I'm saying, though, is it'll force Universal, yes. Universal to be like, oh, we have to go find good directors and actors and, you know, do a good job with these now. Uh Travis Knight has made us up our game. (laughs) That's where I feel like we're going with this. And if he gets Guardians of the Galaxy 3 with hopefully James Gunn's blessing attached to it somehow in the form of... His script still attached? Executive produced, kind of? I don't know. I'm sure he'll get a producer cred in some way. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure about it. I guarantee it. This would be magic. Yeah, no, I I think this makes complete sense. I suggested this like immediately as uh, the kind of the the short list was out on the female directors who were potentially being looked at by Marvel, and I'm just like somebody who makes a lot of sense to me is Travis Knight. He mm-hmm. was up for Eternals, a finalist. Chloe Zhao got that job, but Chloe Zhao was also up for Black Widow and a finalist for that job. She didn't get that job. She got Eternals. It makes a lot of sense for Marvel. To be like, hey, Travis, sorry we couldn't give you Eternals, but how about you come take over um, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise? That would be great. He makes just so much sense to me. I think even when we discussed that potential shortlist, I was like, I think of all these names that are out there, mm-hmm. he's the one that fits the best just because Kubo and Two Strings is a character-driven movie. Bumblebee looks like a character-driven movie that just so happens to have giant transforming robots, uh, but at the heart of that movie looks to be a girl in her car. And that's the heart, and that's what the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise needs more than anything. It doesn't need somebody who can just come in and deliver the scenes like James Gunn potentially wrote for the movie. Mm-hmm. No, you need somebody who can recapture the energy, the heart, the characters, the comedy, um, everything that makes the Guardians of the Galaxy movie special. And I think Travis Knight can absolutely do that. And you know, I don't have any inside information on this, but I. I honestly feel like travis knight to me is the guy is the guy yeah uh you tweeted this you you tweeted that initial observation back on the 19th of october Mm -hmm. 
and then you have a discussion with Elmer, another really, really good friend of the pod. And um, yeah, that's just so crazy. They were like, it's worked out that way, but that's a really great pattern to pick up on. Yeah. Um, it was, it, it was, it was, it was a good week for me um, in like calling things. Yeah. Even though <laughs> I was, I, 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 I can't talk about the other one because it spoils something. You know things. I, I don't. I can maybe talk, I can talk about it. All, uh, it's about widows. There sure. was something that I thought I said on the pod that I didn't, and now I'm kicking myself because I guess I just said it off air to you about what I think is going to happen in the movie, and I was 100% right on it. Oh, and I was like, oh Yeah, no, I know what it is now, or I don't know what it is, but I'm going to guess I know what it is. Yeah. And you're gonna, you said you were going to be like kind of mad if it was the case too. Uh, I wasn't necessarily I was more just like, oh, man, I, I called it. Dang okay. it. <laughs> Ruined some of the surprise because I was kind of waiting for it. Um, but – I'm also hoping that I'm just waiting for this news to be, you know, confirmed to be correct. Me too. Um, so that way, Travis Knight joins the MCU. We got another talented director, and that way, Guardians of the Galaxy three moves forward. Um, the only thing that I hope comes out of this, other than him joining, is that the Bumblebee press tour is not just people asking Knight about this rumor. You hope they don't ask him. I just don't want like I want Jinx I, it. I want people to talk about like his movie if it is really that special. And not be like, so there's a rumor you could direct Guardians of the Galaxy oh. three, and he'll be like, I uh, I don't know. I mean, that'll that'll be their um, uh, what's the polite way to say this? That'll be their closing question. Yeah, like their hard news, like oh, you're so great. Here's all the f- the, f- the fluffy stuff. Then you'll be like, here's my uh, my jerk question for you. Like, right. where you gotta? Here's the one I have to ask. Yeah, I want to stick it to him. I want to get an answer here. And so I think someone's if this oh. is true, someone's gonna get that. Answer. I, I mean, everybody's going to ask him. I don't think he'll say. To anybody in particular, it's not like, yeah. oh, so you're the first one to walk in today? Yes, I can finally say today, yeah, I'm directing <laughs> yeah. it. Because that's, because Marvel hasn't even confirmed that Kate Shortland is directing Black Widow or that Chloe Zhao is directing uh, The Eternals. Like, those are all unofficial so far. Right. They've been, once once a trade gets, a trade will definitely get this. Yeah. Or let me rephrase that. A a reputable i guess or you know like yeah i mean i mean a, a, yeah like a, a, i mean a trade yeah we'll probably even the one trade reporters are like this isn't true we'll, we'll see uh i i just feel like i don't want him to be like if he is in negotiations or something just to be hounded about potentially joining the franchise and being like you know i don't really want to deal with this so. oh no i don't think that. i mean no i mean like listen <laughs> you're asking if, if it's true you're asking him to be like, can you be quiet while we negotiate a ten million dollar movie for you? Well, I mean, oh, well, oh, yeah. Why would I? Why would I want to go through all of that? Right. I mean, even you know? even the fact that this, even if there's not a trade report, the fact that this rumor is out there, I think we'll have people asking him these questions. And I don't. I'm just. I'm just always worried about you know people who are possibly being eyed for certain projects that would be like you know I haven't decided yet because maybe I don't want to join a mega franchise just yet mm-hmm. and then just be like no i want to talk about the movie i, I just made that you guys all really liked you guys all keep good reviews for um, i want to talk about that movie not the possibility that i could direct something else um, and just because like he's just going to give like the bland quotes of, like you know a lot like yeah like i would love to join at the marvel cinematic universe one day mm-hmm. who knows what'll happen with guardians I, or he'll be like oh i've had any discussions about that because he's just gotta you know he's gotta play the game right so like it's just gonna be more annoying like non-news updates about him potentially joining yeah so i just want like travis knight says he likes marvel movies yeah exactly <laughs> what does that mean for his future in guardians it's 3? like i just i just want this to go smoothly and that way travis knight can actually <laughs> be the guy yeah I, don't, I mean i don't think it'll be a big deal but you know you never um, know um 
I mean, it's hard to stop the business wheels from grinding. Yeah, that's true. But who's to say? Um, but we also got a potential clue on the Avengers 4 trailer sticking with the Marvel Cinematic Universe news. Um, there was a Captain Marvel prelude comic that went on sale this past Wednesday. And in the pages of comics, there's always ads um, because that's how you make money, partially mm-hmm. other than selling the comics themselves. Um, and one of the ad covers was for the event, the Avengers 4 prelude comic with a for sale date of 12-5, December 5th. Now, this has clued off a lot of people that this means that we are going to get the Avengers 4 trailer before then because it would be very unlike Marvel to have a prelude comic come out and be the for, the first official source of information on something allow, um, leading to the buildup of Avengers 4, its plot, how Infinity War played out, and what those characters went through after the fact. Yeah. So... It seems like twelve five is the last ditch day. Like we'll get it like twelve four or something. Um, so the Avengers four trailer looks to be coming very very soon. We don't have any real information on when it will exactly come. Whether it'll be on Monday Night Football or on Good Morning Good Morning America or on a Jimmy Kimmel episode or whatever. But it's safe to say that it is coming in the next like two weeks probably. With that in mind, is there anything, you know, what what is your ideal Avengers 4 trailer kind of look like? Or is, or is there something more that you're just like, oh, don't show me this? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, ideally, you show me just the world in ruins and that's it. Just like <clears throat> old footage. Mm-hmm. So of like, oh, no, look at all these sad Avengers from the first movie or from Infinity War. And then some new footage of anyone who is left. Um, I think Ant-Man, he's still around. Yep. So like, let's, let's let, let's let the lamest guy who didn't see any of this kind of be our window into this brave new world. Cause uh-huh. we don't know if there's a time, there's maybe a time jump. There might be a time there's, jump. There are rumors of time jumps. Yes. Yeah. If there's a time jump, let's let him be like, Whoa, I just got out of the quantum realm magically somehow. Who's who knows how. And then you're like, Oh snap. New York City is in chaos. And he's like, oh, we got to do something. And he's like, call the Avengers. And then like, oh, no, the Avengers aren't answering. Where are they? <laughs> and then some of the little snowflakes of people who have been decimated. They're still falling all those years later. Okay. No, maybe that's in the <laughs> earlier part. But yeah, just I just let us just beat it into us one more time um, to recall the memories mm-hmm. of Infinity War that says, Something bad happened. Get ready to feel for. Get ready to feel for it again. No illusions to what um, may come mm-hmm. in the end. Stick to reminding us that something important happened because we've had six months and it's like, yep. oh, Spider-Man's movie. Here's Mysterio and all <laughs> these different things are coming out and we've kind of lost the emotional thread of mm-hmm. that Infinity War movie. But that's me uh-huh. and you're you. You're I am Cooper me. Hood. I am. That's correct. Expert. <laughs> um what's what is the what is marvel thinking what what's what are you thinking your group I, best avengers 4 trailer is the best avengers 4 trailer is all compi- com- composed of old footage from mm-hmm. old movies um that are slightly altered to reflect a time travel element to it Ooh. so it's like oh here's the avengers uh, Battle of New York, but Tony Stark's hair is a little grayer. Or here's Cap 
back in the 40s, but he's got a different suit on. And it's like kind of maybe it's like stuff like that. Or I, I would just love it if it was just like super vague, like super like doesn't tell you really anything. Yeah. And just is like, all right, here's, um, you know, the city. People are people seem happy. They seem fine. Um, the earth is maybe even thriving after the snap. It's kind of showing that maybe Thanos was right. Um, about you know being overpopulated, that um, would be a thing. And that way, it's like, well, it creates that moral crisis of like, well, okay, like we would love to get our 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 other you know our other sidekicks and our other heroes back, but is that really <laughs> oh like gosh. like should we ruin this like utopia that has been created? Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't think that's where the story is going. But like, I would just love it if they were just like very. Um, they just didn't really reveal much of anything. Like I don't mm-hmm. want like if there is time travel, maybe just a, a small tease of it at the end. Yeah. If it, if there is a time jump, just a small tease of it, and more just like recreate things. Just have an ominous voiceover by Thanos. Um, yeah. Like just like show like flashbacks to the dustings to like get everybody in the fields, and that way it's just like it just sets the stage. Don't let doesn't let you know anything. Um, but I am not very confident that's the way they'll go i think they'll be not so like straightforward of like all right here's the movie it's time travel um the avengers are going to team up with thanos like whatever the movie's going to be i think we'll get plenty of clues to it just because that's how marvel typically operates yeah um but there will still be plenty of surprises that are not as clear yeah i think go vague is possible is a guarantee and i think the the next two trailers that come out after it are going to be just total sidewinders like right. i mean they're not i feel like they're gonna so sell a different movie in those and then we go and be like whoa galacticus mm. shows up in the first <laughs> 10 seconds and oh he gosh. squishes earth in the palm of his hands because he, can, can he be a giant oh yeah yeah he's, he's a giant he, right he, he devours worlds yeah so that he devours earth and we're like whoa like, we need time travel now nope can't he ate the space time <laughs> he, he ate us all uh no i mean if anything if there was like a comparison to be made to a trailer that i think they could maybe follow the style of would be the first force awakens trailer just mm. like show a shot of cap a shot of thor a shot of iron man um some like tease of like thanos maybe like an, an infinity stone like leaves his glove or something you're just like what what happened to that and you just like just tease all of these different elements of a time jump um like that the mission is to go through time and get the stones for Thanos can, whatever it is, tease it that way, very subtly and not just like hit people over the head of like, all right, here's them in their time travel suits. Here is them fighting Thanos in the fifties. Here's them doing this. It's like, Oh, that's a lot of information to take in. Just like, give me just like snippets of just like, nothingness almost (laughs) Does Thanos still have the infinity gauntlet. Uh I mean, it's just damaged. Oh, okay. But all the stones are still there. It's just... I thought they like all blew up or something. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, he's still got them all. Awesome. But yeah, this is definitely coming in December. It's going to play before Mary Poppins. And oh, yeah. What other, other Disney movie they've got going on? I so. think that, I mean, that's the only one. It's And like even we'll talk about them in Ticket or Skip It, but Disney also, I think, kind of clued in the fact that the Avengers 4 trailer is coming very soon because they pumped out two Toy Story 4 teasers and they also released the second trailer for Dumbo, which doesn't come out until March. Yeah. So they're just like, all right, here's three trailers in one week and you're like that's very uncharacteristic of disney yeah it's and like oh that's because something insanely huge is coming later and they sent lin-manuel miranda and emily blunt on their um abc mm-hmm. media tours 
starting yep. this week, which I mean is fine. It's... And Mary Poppins did have their EW cover, like all kind of the Disney hype clearing is, house is cleared the is cleared the way for Avengers Four to step in, and probably I would guess from when you guys are hearing this next week is when we'll get it. Ooh. So we'll get well, the, the last, the last, the, yeah, the last week in November. All right. So either Monday Night Football or Good Morning America, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I think that's where it'll drop. Sounds right to me. So uh, that'll be great because then we can talk about the Avengers Four trailer finally. Um, and uh, we can also talk about what Godzilla vs Kong is going to actually be in terms of a plot. Um, Deadline revealed this week that uh, Lance Reddick has joined the cast of this movie, but more importantly, I guess you could say, uh, Warner Brothers released the official plot synopsis for the movie as filming has officially begun in Hawaii. The synopsis reads, quote, In a time when monsters walk the earth, humanity's fight for its future sets Godzilla and Kong on a collision course that will see the two most powerful forces of nature on the planet collide in a spectacular battle for the ages. As Monarch embarks on a perilous mission into uncharted terrain and unearths clues on the Titan's origins, a human conspiracy threatens to wipe the creatures, both good and bad, from the face of the Earth forever. Ooh, snap. Sounds pretty epic. It does, and it definitely sounds like Monarch is not going to be a fan of Godzilla. No. Sounds like they're like going after Kong because they think Godzilla is going to be the enemy. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how they're so going to play That's so weird. It. I don't know how to take about. I don't know how to take that. The uh, along with the synopsis, did an official cast and included in that is Kyle Chandler. So we, there that, we that was go. a lingering question that we finally have answered as well. <laughs> we said it every week. Yeah, um, which which is just great to know that mm-hmm. uh, that our man Kyle Chandler is not only in the movie but that he is surviving Godzilla, yeah. King of the Monsters. And so whatever I said about the Godzilla versus King Kong cast when Kyle Chandler got confirmed, I would like to institute those Back. words okay because i know there's a quote out there yes. where i said once this happens i'll be blank yes and i totally are, agree with that, that again <laughs> exactly yeah but also i'm more than that because lance reddick has joined and i think he is phenomenal um you'll know him as the butler or as the concierge sorry in uh john wick one and two but he's also a fantastic voice actor and television actor, uh, and he really needs a good movie role. He deserves yeah. he he is he's earned this. Mm-hmm. And if he plays a bad guy, I don't care. I yeah. think he's gonna crush it. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, yeah, I like the synopsis. It sounds good. Like Lance Reddick a lot. There's been some set photos that came out that showed Isa Gonzalez and Alexander Skarsgård in Monarch garb. So it looks like they're going to be working with Monarch. So we actually have some character details on them, uh, which is good to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie really just seems to be shaping up very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, my big question is just, will this actually be a true versus movie, or are we going to get the inevitable? But here's the real threat at the end of the movie that Kong and Godzilla team up against. I don't think there's no threats left. The only thing left is Mecha Godzilla. Really. Other than it's important. Yeah. Everything else is just a rehash or a lesser monster. I mean, they're already rolling out. Um, well, they got Ghidorah, Ghidorah and, and Rodan. Rodan and, and uh, what's In, the other one? Uh, uh, Mothra. Mothra. But Mothra, of course, is a helping hand to Godzilla. Or you know. Right. So unless Godzilla King of the Monsters ends with Godzilla losing to somebody... And then it's Godzilla King of the Monsters. I know. I mean, he can't be the King of the Monsters if he loses, but it's just like, I mean, I'll, I would be thrilled if it isn't like the typical, like 
I guess like a BVS or a civil war or something where it's like, all right, here's, here's the clash of the heroes, but then there's another mm-hmm. that to come together and fight or something. I mean, civil war kind of does something different with that, obviously by the end, but um, I will love it if there was actually like a, de- a definitive winner at the end of this of Godzilla versus Kong. Oh yeah. Who is superior. And we get to know that. And somehow that plays into the conspiracy elements of the film and uh, whatever Monarch is doing. Um, I'm just, I'm just very excited about this movie. Yeah. Well, I think whatever um, Doug Reese cooking up in King of the Monsters um, will tell us where Godzilla versus Kong is going. Yeah. Um, because it's starting to look, because what we do know about, Gareth Edwards' version was monsters take a backseat to the Cranston, Alan Taylor Johnson story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and judging by the cast they've lined up for these other two movies, it seems like that's going to be the direction again too. But we just get more magnificent views of everything going on with these, right. these creatures. Um, so maybe it's going to be about the villains in Monarch and Godzilla and Kong are just the backdrop. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I feel like they kind of learned their lesson from Godzilla. As I, I really like that movie. But the complaint for a lot of people who didn't like the movie was it's called Godzilla. Godzilla's the movie for like mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Like we need more. Yeah. And they up, they up, they upped Kong a lot for Kong Skull Island. He's in that movie a lot. And I, it seems like Godzilla's going to, and the rest of the monsters are going to be very prevalent in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. So it would be pretty surprising to me to then see that take a step back to focus on a cast of characters again instead of all right well here we we built up to this this fight but we're going to show you what Isa Gonzalez and Alexander Scott's got her up to instead yeah I mean like it'll sort of be like window dressing it'll be like here's all your action mm-hmm. and then here's your heart um and I mean I think Kyle Chandler and Millie Bobby Brown and Julian Dennison are like going to give us that yeah I do think this also this cast list confirms your uh, theory about Vera Farmiga for King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, what? Did she, that, that she's an evil it? person. Oh, yeah. She, oh, she's definitely evil. She's preaching the end of the world. I, to the I, I just I just wasn't buying it at first, but I think you're. I think you, that was a good call. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm just trying to give you props. Jeez. Thank you. <laughs> all right, let's move on to Take Your Skip. I was here. right. <laughs> yes, you were. Um, we got two teaser trailers for Toy Story 4, the first trailer for Detective Pikachu, the third trailer for Alita Battle Angel, the second trailer for Roma, the first trailer for Fighting With My Family, and the second trailer for Dumbo. A lot of quality trailers this week, Josh. Um, only one can get your ticket. I know. For me, it is a very clear answer. Yes. But what is it for you? It's Detective Pikachu. I agree. Yeah, I you listen. I will talk to days about the Toy Story Four stuff, but Detective Pikachu, Detective Pikachu number one, blew me away because it's taking its Pokemon premise, the thing that everyone is dying to see on the big screen for the first time. Well, not for the first time, but live action for the first time, and say, Nah, we're gonna tell a, like a Nor story, um, and it's gonna be wacky and weird, and we're gonna have fun with it. And it's going to be just centered in the Pokemon universe. Yeah. And I can't, and I don't know why I doubted this movie, but this is, this looks so good. I think it's going to break Avatar's record. Oh my gosh. I, I Think about that. Think about the market. It's going to do well. I, I mean, yeah. And 
Uh, but anyway, the point is, I was not about Ryan Reynolds' voice coming out of Pikachu. It was just like, what's going on here? And then I watched it again, and I'm like, oh, no, it's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. And now I just love it. And I think Justice Smith and <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' is sarcastic, um, you know, uh, antagonistic voice, you know, spitting from that fuzzy little yellow guy <laughs> is the best idea ever. And it gets my ticket. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I, you mean, if you would have told me like on on Monday when that first Toy Story four trailer drops, like I know what I'm giving my ticket to mm-hmm. because I mean the, the teaser's fine, but it's more just it's Toy Story four. Like I'm hyped. Four, yeah. Forky looks fine, and that's an interesting element to throw into the into this world where inanimate objects other than toys can maybe be created to be given life. Yes. Um, there's something fascinating about that potentially. Mm-hmm. But Detective Pikachu then came along. That same day, yeah. I believe, I'm just like, nah, we're here to dominate. And mm-hmm. it was just shocking. Like, it gave me kind of the same vibes of watching the first Bumblebee trailer, where I was just like, all right, Bumblebee, like, yeah, I like Travis and I, I like Haley Steinfeld, but it's a Transformers movie, and I just don't have that much confidence in it at this point. And then that first trailer dropped, and I was like, oh, like, this has character and heart and a story that is like, actually there that you can see and understand where it's going yeah and this makes a lot of sense and this looks great and i was just like all right detective pikachu like whatever like I, i've right never been a pokemon player i have no attachment to the franchise i was like ryan reynolds like are they gonna are they gonna, like gonna adjust his voice in post so it doesn't sound exactly like deadpool what, what are they gonna like do bb8 thing where yeah. he's like he's just going pick a pick up yeah <laughs> well, it'd, be, it'd be like him doing like the vin diesel doing i am Groot, and then mm-hmm. just be doing it different um inflections of pika pika and it's just like no they just like kind of embraced the whole element of it and it's like yeah like yes the story is, is a detective noir style story of uh justice Smith's character trying to find his father mm-hmm. but like they're not shying away from the pokemon elements of the world um and then like of the characters obviously but like because like it you see like charizard fighting pikachu in like a cage match i'm just like yeah what is happening right a Charizard looks incredible. Like the visual effects on all of these Pokemon are just top notch. And like they're not like diverging from the source material a lot. Like, I mean, yeah, like people are like, oh, I didn't know, I didn't realize Pikachu was like fuzzy. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I guess I didn't ever think about that either. But like the designs of these characters are all still there. Like they're embracing it. They're going with the the goofiness of it a little bit. Yeah. And they've got the they've got the humor. I love the moment where Justice Smith walks out when Pikachu's first invading his home mm-hmm. and he's like get out and he like has like a stable he's like i know yeah. how to use this and i was just like that's just like it's such like a simple moment and it's just like it looks mm-hmm. like uh, rob letterman the director really is going to crush this and i think uh wb has a giant win on their hands uh come next summer i don't know if it's going to do 2.8 billion dollars uh but it definitely seems to me like a billion dollar movie none of rob letterman's movies have been this good and have des- i mean other than monster versus aliens i would argue they're all pretty average yeah, like, I, mean, I, th- I feel like that movie's pretty average. Feel great. Uh, it's not average. It's really good. Okay, um, I take it. But I, yeah, I just man. And the thing is, too, you talked about like their designs. Like this is the first time we're not we're seeing them like not on a not an anime style, mm-hmm. if you will, or whatever that yeah. that traditional form is. And like you said, that, that fuzziness is like yeah. Now that I think about it, Pikachu's never been fuzzy. I've always thought of him sort of like a rodent. Right. I mean, he is a rodent. He's an electric rodent. But 
I want to hug him. Yeah. And he's going to be so merchandisable. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can be cynical about that or happy that you can buy a really fuzzy Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds' voice. Who knows? That they, they need to do that. Oh, if they, they definitely don't, will. Someone will need to take one of them and alter it so it just starts spitting out things that Ryan Reynolds yeah. has said in the press. <laughs> oh, I mean, even if it's just like, you know, like his, like, you can understand me? Mm-hmm. I've been so lonely. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, like poor Pikachu. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, they're, they're like, that's absolutely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're, Twisting it, all of these Pokemon elements too, and f- cramming them into our world, mm-hmm. like uh, Jigglypuff is an entire mood in this trailer. Yeah, and like, the, the the great visual joke is she's at a coffee shop, like it looks like she's like a waitress or something, and she's singing these people to sleep at their desks or at their their tables, and then they'll wake up and be like, oh, "I need more coffee" or yeah. something like that. It was like genius. <laughs> um, but you blown away. I this is. The best trailer. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Toy Story. No, I don't think there's and any reason to apologize for Toy it. Toy Story came out with like with a Key and Peele skit. Yeah, Key and, and Peele in Toy Story four. How 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 was that not reported before? Right, it's crazy. But, but Pikachu looks incredible. Like mm-hmm. not to say it's it, not to say it's like it's going to definitely be in my top ten most anticipated twenty nineteen because twenty nineteen is absolutely loaded. But if we do like a top fifteen. Eh, there's a pretty decent chance oh. I think that Pikachu could sneak in there. Uh, I would I mean I might put it in the, you know, top 10. No, I mean that that, that that's fine. I'm just saying I like Pokémon. So. Yeah, like you're you're you I mean you actually did like Pokémon Go and everything. I played Pokémon Go. Yeah, like I've I've never played a Pokémon game other than like my friends had Pokémon on mm-hmm. like their Game Boys and stuff and I'd like, you know, play that for a couple of times. But if you briefly, re- yeah, I would spend summers playing Pokemon games. Yeah. So uh, let's close this out with the flyby uh, variety report this week that Birds of Prey has found its Cassandra Kane in newcomer Ella J. Basco. Uh, she joins Margot Robbie, Journey Smollett Bell, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Rosie Perez, and Ewan McGregor on the cast list. Uh, I, I mean, she's a newcomer. Don't know anything about this girl, but she's young. She looks the part. So. It looks like she has some history in ballet, which hopefully translates into action um, and being like a good assassin. Choreography, <laughs> and yeah. If that's the case, then it's. I mean, I'm assuming they went through a lot of different steps to find the right Cassandra Kane. And uh, if she's it, then we may have a new ish like Daphne Keen for everybody to love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about that comparison, too. So great. Um, and we also got word from director Michael Dowertree that Godzilla King of the Monsters is 100% complete and ready for its release next May. They pushed it back. It's a, it's a long ways away. No, I think it's, it's always been May, I believe. I thought it was March. I don't think so. I, I don't think it was ever March. I'll double check this I mean, real quick. I know Godzilla was in May last time, but this is really disappointing <laughs> to is- learn after getting all hyped for it. But we're getting a trailer soon. You're right. It was set for March 22nd. Yeah, which is insane. How can you be done with a movie and then push it back? Honestly, they should. I think they should move it back. They, I they think should move, so, they should too. Move it, I mean, especially because... Get the heck out a, of May. I was actually thinking about this before, um, and I'll briefly summarize it here because I'm going to try to maybe write an article about it. But WB has no movies out in March after moving this to May mm-hmm. and detective Pikachu comes out like two weeks before. And both of these movies are for WB and both have to follow Avengers four. It's going to be an incredible summer next year. Why wouldn't you move up to March? Like the first week of March come out the week before Captain Marvel or come out the week after Captain Marvel. Yeah. Season that way. 
instead of com- like going into the heart of summer where a move is yeah. and if he's already done it's like why like you just don't just sit on this for six months just get it out there mm-hmm. yeah i just I, hope, I think it's moving i hope we get a trailer i hope you're right and hope we get a trailer really we soon. haven't had we only got the one at comic-con yeah it, that was like really it's, short it's long overdue well no it was like 90 seconds it was a long it was over two minutes i'm pretty sure yeah i think you're right Anyway, it was beautiful, and I want more. Yeah. Um, we are also getting a new Garfield movie. This one comes yeah. from Deadline. Uh, that Emperor's New Groove director Mark Dindle has signed on to direct the next animated Garfield movie. Um, Josh, don't seem very interested in this. But I don't like Garfield. Oh, okay. Be like Emperor's New Groove? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, Emperor's New Groove is a really fun movie, and if he's going to tackle Garfield, cool. I'm, I don't have an affinity for Garfield. Um, I've seen the live action version that I don't mm-hmm. really remember anything about, but I'm guessing Bill if Murray's I watched it again, regret. would not <laughs> go over very well with me. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's time for a new Garfield movie. It's been uh, forever. I not like the character. That's fine. Monday's lasagna. Blah. That's all it is. <laughs> that's, the, that's the crux of this orange cat. Um, we also, to round out this episode, uh, got a report from TMZ that Jacob Tremblay has joined the cast of Dr. Sleep. Uh, there's no details on who he's playing, but I feel like, at least for me, when I saw this, I was like, oh, it's a young Danny Torrance, right? Yeah, like he'll he'll be he'll be the young yes. Ewan McGregor like that right. that's got to be what it is, and you, there's no yeah because if you think about the kid from The Shining, mm-hmm. who is Danny, is Danny yep, they that's Jacob Tremblay would fit that perfectly yeah or at least the older version of that yeah kid. A slightly older version like as he learns to use his telekinesis mm-hmm. powers or his visions or yeah. the shine yep now I mean I feel like that's exactly where we're going. That's Genius another call. one of my predictions. We'll see if it comes true next I year. I think you're or, right. Actually, I think this movie doesn't come out until like 2020, so uh, it's going to be a long ways away. Yeah, I think because- It's know, like early 2020, I'm pretty no, sure. I mean, they've casted everyone for it. They've got to be shooting it. No, they, they're shooting it. They- They're shooting it. They are shooting it, possibly. Double checking, real- Yes, because, I mean, they, they geared up. We've got Rebecca Ferguson. we got Ian McGregor, and they're starting to shoot, and now they're like, okay, we need the flashback scenes, so- Here's Tremblay. We've got him out to set. He's shot 10 seconds already. Usable <laughs> film. He's probably on his way to hit the trailer now for the final makeup, and now he'll shoot his final scenes. And uh, it was supposed I can to. So yeah, much longer no, here. That, no I, I got it finally. All right. It was supposed to start filming at the end of September. So there we go. So there's no confirmation that actually. Uh, I think we assume things are sticking to schedule. Yeah, I mean, there's one Georgia site here that says it, but I don't know if I, I can't validate that that site is completely accurate or if they're going off previous reports. That is all we have on our Doctor Sleep coverage. That's all we have for this episode. Uh, We're going to be back possibly with a slightly earlier drop uh, next week. We're going to attempt to do uh, maybe double reviews or maybe not. I think we're we're definitely going to review Creed 2. Mm Mm-hmm. Next week, I'll also be seeing Wreck-It Ralph too, so maybe I'll throw in a spoiler-free uh, review on that one as well. Um, and maybe because it's Thanksgiving, we'll drop it like Friday or Saturday or something because the movies will start um, playing in theaters Tuesday. So we'll kind of be behind the eight ball a little bit if we wait all the way until next Monday. Yeah. Um, and that way we just have a little bit of an extended break, but uh, we'll figure out something whatever we plan on doing because it's probably not going to be a heavy news week anyways. So um, that is all we have for this episode. We'll also be back this week with a big question, tackling a very uh, thankful themed big question. Um, what movies are we most thankful for? So me and Josh each going to run through movies that 
for whatever reason, hold a special place in our hearts and our lives. Um, and we'll talk about those. Just get a little more personal and thankful for the holiday season. Um, but that's all we have for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, our iTunes and give us a five-star review with comments telling us why you enjoy listening to the show. And be sure to tell us your thoughts on anything covered by Tweet and from the film. Just follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. And you can get at me, Josh, and just Joshua Ryan. Thanks again for tuning in to the Offensive Podcast. Josh, thank you for stopping in, everyone. And be sure to turn next week for our future review of Creed 2.